podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Yeah, yeah, Lennox Lewis, Lennox, I'm coming for you. Is it frustrating to train like you did and then have no, this I, in I seven or eight seconds? For this fight. I only trained probably two weeks or three weeks for this fight. I had to bury my best friend and I dedicated this fight. I wasn't going to fight, I dedicated this fight to him. I was going to rip his heart out. I'm the best ever. I'm the most brutal in Michigan, most ruthless champion there's ever been. There's no one can stop me. Lynch is a conqueror. No, I'm Alexander. He's no Alexander. I'm the best ever. There's never been anybody ruthless. I'm Sonny Lipton. I'm Jack Dempsey. There's no one like me. I'm from their cloth. There's no one that can match me. My style is impetuous. My defense is impregnable. And I'm just ferocious. I want your heart. I want to eat his children. Praise be to Allah. Saying now, Mike, Mike. Welcome to another episode of Ringside Fracas. We're a three-man team today. I know we've been on a bit of, of a hiatus, but the boys are back. Um, Samps, Naeem, talk to me. How are you guys doing? Not bad. All good. All good. We, we've been gone for a while. What have you not been up to? Just laughing. I just do not laugh in it. You know how it gets. No, I know. Yo, <laughs> you're in quarantine right now. You've been yeah, moving back to Spain. Come on, <laughs> you get those short holidays in, in it when you can. Yeah. How so, because we've we've missed quite a few things in the boxing world, we've got quite a bit to catch up on. But um, I think we should start with a bit of a post-fight review uh, section in the beginning. So we've got three fights that went down this weekend that we're going to talk about. Uh, we'll start with uh, the heavyweights. So Joe Joyce was attacking. I actually caught this fight. Um, live i watched it i'm just gonna start with you Sams. and i'll get to my opinions last but i want to start with you Sams. did you catch the fight yeah i actually did watch it yeah um you know what joy joyce is joy joyce isn't it um on paper on like aesthetics and watching the ring yeah. you would be questioning heavily why he's in the ring and why he's done as well he has done to today i've seen him live a couple times to be fair and I remember I watched him way before he even started the Olympics and said, absolutely no chance. Then he comes and pulls at middles. So, and not only does he middle, he goes on to have, so far in 16 fights, he's done a hell of a job. He, he, he's such an up and down, no special effects guy, isn't it? Like, stays by his jab, slow hands, not exactly quick feet, but he seems to be the key word is effective. He seems to... He seems to have something behind him that keeps fighters not um, that under constant pressure and not firing back. And he seems to, to slow the pace down to exactly to where he needs to be. And the equalizer he has on top of it is just the chin. He, he, he's not elusive. He's not defensively cute. And he eats a hell of a lot of punches. But have you ever seen Wobbled? I haven't seen Wobbled. I haven't seen him affected. I haven't seen him bothered. I think he, he responds worse to body shots than head shots. True, but he doesn't cower and he doesn't look no, no way. like he's no. crumbling in any way, shape or form. And because of it, it makes him a very, very difficult opponent. Obviously, size and dimensions is crazy, like um, positive on his side. And, uh, and that's always a hard thing to overcome. But I actually do know someone that's no people that's with him. And they say what, they, what we see in the ring like on TV is very different to facing him. So I guess, like I said previously, the word effective is what you can put with him. And it's, it's quite it's quite worrying at this point for me because it's like, who is he going to go in there next with 
and do a job on them. We're like, how? At, at what point do we have to say, okay, George is actually good? <laughs> no, I hear that. I also have the same question as well. Like, he, he's so hard to, I don't know what to place him. Does that make sense? Like, I watch him, and like you said, aesthetically, just by judging my eyes, he, he looks like he should have been stopped at least five times just because of how slow his hands are. And he gets in, he gets in there with people that are not necessarily the slowest of heavyweights. I think Brian Jennings isn't that slow. He's quite a lighter heavyweight. Um, Takam is a lighter heavyweight. It's got it's got like hand speed that's that's faster than like the, the heavier heavyweights. If you know what I mean. Takam couldn't miss it. I don't think he missed a single right hand. Yeah, mate. He was just teeing off. I think Joe just just got a blockhead and he just absorbs. Scary. It's actually scary. all types of punches. Like like I said, I think he's more. The body shots bother him more than his head. I don't think his head, he just, he'll just take whatever because that was his main line of defense versus Dubois. Don't get me wrong, Dubois did miss a lot in that fight, but he did take a lot of shots as well. And Dubois's best punches stayed his right there. Best punches. And fair enough, we don't, we don't know where to place Dubois himself because prior to George Jess, he hasn't really faced anyone of note. But at the same time, if you're knocking people out like that, you can't just be eating someone like that's punches, you know? But um, Ian, let me go to you. What did you think of the fight and Joyce's performance as a whole? I mean, like Sam said on paper, if you look at Joyce's record, you probably think, oh, this guy's going to trouble like the top heavyweights and stuff. Like, you know, he's knocked out Takam, he's knocked out uh, Dubois and stuff like that. But looking at the fight, it was like, you know, Takam was beating him. Most of, Takam probably took most of the rounds. And he was, like you said, he was landing on his rights, he was landing everything. It was, it's just, it's, the thing that Joyce has on top of most heavyweights is that stamina. Like when everyone slows down, especially in those middle rounds, yeah. Joyce can still keep that same pace, and that's Sometimes why he, he gets even more like energy behind him. Yeah, weird. and also because in that fight, he he was trying to throw it a bit, but he wasn't throwing as much as he normally was because obviously Takam was one time it coming in now and you know coming in on the inside and um, was winning the rounds. But that's the thing that Joyce has on most of these heavyweights is that his stamina is unparalleled. I don't think I don't know many heavyweights that can um, take the shots that he can take, but also ha not have it affect his fitness at all. But the problem is, like, if you base that, if you look at that performance that he had against Takam, I don't see that troubling any of the top three, like Wilder, Fury, or Joshua. Like, like Wilder, that's a that's easy, that's easy enough for him because uh, he doesn't move his head. Joyce does not move his head at all, and if Wilder lands on him, he's gonna knock him out. I just feel like, like you guys say, oh, his chin's sick, and that's one good good thing about him. It's a good thing to have a good chin, but for you to get tagged a lot, that's not a good thing eventually at one point you're like it's something's gonna happen like eventually down the line especially when you're you know these big heavyweights swinging on each other something's gonna happen to Joyce where he thinks he can take a shot and then he doesn't and his body shuts down so I feel like that, that will probably happen to him soon I totally agree with that except for the fact that he's he's, he's literally swallowed everything so he's swallowed the water punch though he's swallowed the right hand yeah. myth no but that's Wilder. the thing though it could happen Wilder. at any point it could happen at any that. fight. Like you, you think, oh, he's gonna win this fight, and then just one right hand drops, and suddenly he just drops. It happens to a lot of fighters where they think their chin can take it because they've taken it before, but then their body just shuts down because at one point it gets too much in it for your head. Like your head just yeah. gets too much trauma. So I'm I think a big, that's I'm not a big, good thing about him. I'm a big criticizer of Deontay Wilder, but the one thing I will never ever take away from him is that is that power in, in his right hand. Like, I've never seen anything like it. In all honesty. He'll land on Joyce. He'll he lands him. on that. Lands on Joyce. Someone that doesn't move his head. I think Joyce is going to sleep. And if Joyce goes into that fight thinking his defense is his chin because he's got such a good chin, 
he can maybe walk wilder down and stuff like that. I think that's a massive mistake on his part. Just because yeah, of how freakish Wilder's no power is. No defense is you know, when he comes again, again, nothing in that fight showed me he could fight for a world title and win. He can fight, he can get to that point of fighting for a world title, but winning, I don't see him at all winning. But we'll see in it who, who they get him next. You know, one thing I want to ask you do you, you guys feel that Takan's been hard done by both his fights in the UK? I was gonna that? ask, I was gonna go to that and say there was some controversy about the stoppage. How I do you guys do you guys think it will stop too early? Do you guys think yeah. it will stop? Fine, or it was stopped. Stop I think it was a bad stoppage person. Yeah, I feel stoppage. Like in the way Takam had been fighting and the way the fight was going, I don't think Takam was necessarily going to win the fight, yeah. but he had he had a good percentage of the fight looking like it was like it would like he was he wasn't out of his depth in any way, shape, or form. He was doing very well in that fight, and then effectively had a bit of a of um turbo and the fight was quite quite similar to what happened with the AJ situation as well. I feel like the both of them are bad stoppages for attacking. I feel like the ref was more on the Brit side. He's just, you know, whenever he sees something, he's just going to stop him. Because a lot of people can say, oh, there was unanswered punches and everything. But if you did see Takem, it was all tucking up. Tucking up. A lot of stuff, you know, riding it, he was getting hit on the gloves and stuff. So it wasn't like it was clean. I think like clean shots was probably like minimal single digits in that entire flurry that happened. But and on top of it, it wasn't a good stoppage. And on top think- of it, Sorry, to get up in the center of the ring is also a really bad indication of um it being a bad stoppage because normally you're stopping the fight because the fighters enables to fight back and then normally against the ropes being pummeled on that you stopped him in the center of the ring who was someone who was tucking and trying to slip punches that to me my... sorry go for it, go for it. I, think, I think that to me just makes a bad stoppage that that is a bad stoppage i don't think that should be at that point I think I've got more of an issue with the context around the stoppage rather than the stoppage itself. So, you know, you can, you can say a lot of those punches were unanswered, as in he wasn't throwing back. And I guess I'm fine with that. But what I'm not fine is with is I know the referee, if it was the other way around, I know the referee would have given Joyce the benefit of the doubt. Facts. And what makes it worse is, in my opinion, before that round, Takam won every single round, in my opinion. I didn't give just one round before that stoppage. So for that that reason alone, as a ref, you can I feel like Takam had earned that benefit of the doubt to continue riding. If it was a thing where maybe Takam's losing all rounds and there'd been more sticky moments like that previous in previous rounds, cool, makes sense. You shouldn't take that much damage, you know, let's save him. But like Naheem said, he was still tucking, he was still trying to defend himself. Fair enough, he wasn't throwing back, but he wasn't out of it. You know, you know, you know in boxers are just taking a lot of shots. Like, I feel like this stopping was even worse than the Conor Ben one, in my opinion. You know, when Conor Ben fought, uh, fought I can't remember his name. Oh, um, Vargas. Vargas. And, I didn't know, think that was a stoppage. That's he was just, Vargas was just getting punched up on the ropes. It wasn't yeah. like that. Um, Takam was still on his feet and he was still moving. And you can tell from his reaction, literally, not even two seconds after, he was so annoyed with the ref because it, it looked like he knew what he was doing. Like, he was still with it. He was taking shots, don't get me wrong, but he looked like it was just a thing where he was under fire, if that makes sense. And boxers do go through that. Like, a lot of boxers go through that. Champions go through that. So I, I feel like Takam had earned that benefit of the doubt by winning all those rounds. And if it was the other way around, I feel the referee would have definitely given Joyce the benefit of the doubt. But I guess, you know, Joyce is the BT fighter. He's the A side. He's the, if, 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 if that's it, he's the A side. But he's the, he's the home fighter, you know? So... I guess it's just boxing politics, and that's the only problem I have with it. I just know that it wasn't fair, basically. 
But um, moving on to another fight that was on that card, on the undercard, um, did any of you guys catch Adelaide versus Manev? Yeah. If that's his name? So yeah. Yeah, let me go with you first then. Um, what was your review of that fight? And how do you feel about Adelaide as a whole package? So obviously this is after his performance um, from the last fight where he lost like all the rounds. But then the judges gave him the fight. I think you guys remember yeah. that. Yep. That contract fight. So this is something that probably... Frank was looking for him to get, you know, a knockout, just build that, um, you know, reputation back. But it, again, it wasn't good from Adelaide. There's nothing like just on, as an overview. There's nothing from Adelaide that shows me against Dubois, against Joyce, against Takam guys, even guys on that level. Forget world level. There's no potential in Adelaide, in my opinion. I'm not trying to like be peak or anything. I just don't mm -hmm. see anything that like that shows me he's going to be amazing. Like, you know, he was fighting Manev. The Manev guy was. I don't know what they paid him, but they're just pay he just there, just taking the shots, not throwing anything back really. He was just there taking the shots. It was weird in the stoppage, like you, he was complaining something about his eye. Then he went, he tried to go down, but he didn't go down. But then, like it just well, fell to the stoppage. And you see, you, you tried to see Adelaide break him down, but he didn't know. He was just throwing power shots, thinking he'd break down. There's nothing there that like showed me. Oh, he can break down. He can break down this journeyman boxer. It was more. It was very weird. And again, I think he's just a prospect that um, Warren's hyped up and I think he's going to go anywhere. He doesn't look like he's going to go anywhere anyway. So, yeah, it wasn't a good look for him last night. Not last night, but last weekend. Sam, so, did you catch the fight? Maybe yeah, I did, yeah. For me, I don't want to be overly critical. I know he's, I guess, on his path and he's growing. He's 24. He's young. Yeah, yeah. yeah so he's for it. But off the performance, yeah, your previous performance where effectively you lost that fight, you like... I'm pretty sure the consensus of the board is that he lost the fight. Mm -hmm. To come back against basically a, a several level step down fighter and not blow them out of the park doesn't bode well, in my opinion. I feel like he was literally put in there with, with a lab body bag who was if, whose sole job was to get killed. He didn't throw, I don't think he threw more than 10 punches back in, in the entire fight. He literally got in there and covered up and said Adelaide get to work. And on top of it, Ben Davidson made a very good point where he said he's not really showing any different levels in terms of the punches um, or very in his jab. It was all the same. Then he did a lot of posing against someone that wasn't throwing back. Um, single arm shots that was trying that Hollywood type punching. I thought it really odd his performance. Um, and, and I don't know if it was a bit confusing there because I guess maybe the the fact that the fight wasn't opening up when it wasn't opening up to create those opportunities but you can see he was kind of struggling a bit then until he did start then going to stop head hunting and went down to the body which effectively got him out of there so yeah going back to your point Liam, i totally agreed that it doesn't really look like he's going to be the guy that btl happened up to be but who knows he's still early and i guess he's still got time to develop i'm yeah, sure I won't watch this. we were saying something very similar about cody We'll see when he gets tested, innit? And that's the, and that's the only thing we can say, you know, when he gets a proper test, see what happens. I mean, he did have his proper test in the last fight, but we'll see when he gets some, against someone good how he performs. Yeah, you know? but being tested by a journeyman is crazy. Yeah. But some of these journeymen are tough, though. But, um, yeah, tough. I'm not too versed in the world of journeymen, so I don't know if this guy was a step down or step up from the last guy he fought, so... It's tough, but you should be able to break him down. Like if he's especially if he's covering up and letting you punch him, you should be able to figure out, you know, like Sam said, change the punches, figure out 
what he's doing, find the openings. If you can't really do that against journeyman, how are you going to do that against the best boxers in the world? Who I'm, guessing, I'm guessing the focus of Frank Warren was to make him look good. I guess that's why he picked yeah. this kind of guy to make Adelaide kind of get get that um uh that forgiveness from his last fight and you know be back on track. But, Highlight reel, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. but it seems like no one was really impressed. Yeah. Okay, so not impressed by the Like Sam said, we'll see, we'll see. I'm not gonna write anyone off, but currently I feel like Adelaide and um Daniel Dubar, they're the kind of guys that I feel like they are what people call AJ, in my opinion. I feel that's what I get from them. Like, and they would say like stiff and like all that stuff. That's what I see. But yeah. And in terms of uh, the last fight, I'm going to quickly touch on, on that card. I didn't catch this fight, so I'll, I'll leave it to you two to kind of go through it. But Hamza Shiraz, which is a Korea. Is that his name? Yeah, Hamza Shiraz. Yeah. yeah, Hamza Shiraz. Um, Sam, can we start with you? Did you catch that fight? Yeah, 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 I did catch it. I was actually looking forward to that fight. Um, I've seen him up um, in the gym um, down in down in Essex before he went out to America. So, quite familiar with him. Very good prospect. Dimensions for the world weight. He's world weight division, isn't it? Um, he's six foot three. Yeah, that's crazy. He's crazy. Super world weight. Yeah, sorry, sorry, yeah. yeah, it's crazy. Like he's literally a cheat. He's a walking cheat code. And yeah. on top of the fact, there's a cheat code. He's good. Like he's he's got skills, man. And you can see what you can see he's changed up a bit, like because he came before he used to fight quite rangy and fight behind his jab. But this fight he seemed to to turn up a bit, where he kind of came in with a bit more of an aggressive stance, where he put two hands up and just kind of walked forward, but he, and broke broke his point down to the, to the body. It went a bit it went on a bit longer than I expected it to, in all fairness, um, prior to the fight. But yeah, you got uh, if there's someone to put a lot of stocks in from the UK. I'm putting lots. Of, I'm, I'm gonna. Be, I'm gonna be 100 investing in him like, in terms of um. I think he's gonna go quite far. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Um, yeah, the way he broke down Guri was good. It was patient as well. As it, what you know, you, you don't get that from uh, young fighters a lot. They just want to go for the knockout, do whatever they want. But he's like patient, not too patient, but patient. He went in on. He he didn't. He wasn't afraid of going in on the inside with him. He fought, picked his shots, and picked his openings, and he just broke his like time said, broke his opponent down completely. And, these, that's the type of way you beat these type of opponents. You just show what you have, show what you can do. And there's only a percentage of what he can do. He's still learning. He's young, you know, he's still learning. He went, like he said, he went to America. He's, he said that, I forgot who his trainer was, but I think he's Goosen. training. Him who? Goosen. Goosen. Oh, yeah. So he's training with Goosen. You know, he's learned, he's got good sparring in there. He's learning. He said it's only 1% right now. So imagine what happens when I get 100%. So it, he's someone to watch. Like And like Adil says, he's going straight to the top. So no doubt he'll probably reach the world level stage yeah well you guys have that much faith in him world level yeah. stage mm -hmm. that's brilliant then i'm gonna keep my hand well. you know he's quality he's quality stuff so did let's any, did any of you guys catch him sam nooks as well on that card who nooks um i only watched the main event i'll be honest so you only watched those no it was as well. he was proper quality. About who was he fighting and, and what was the fight like um, no, to be you, he was fine. Um, not too sure, but he was a proper. It was a, he's someone I'll say if you guys get time, maybe catch that fight. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. What weight class is he in? That's a good point. Uh, what was it again? I mean, the fight was on, but I was just I couldn't. I, I I had people at my house, so I was trying to catch. <laughs> <a fight. laughs> yeah, I was. I had a, a stag deal. 
So I watched it in the pub. Like it was mad. But um yeah, okay, cool. Let's let's burst into the mat the world of matchroom, the matchroom world and the zone. What's going on? The bunnies are on fire. The bunnies are suffering right now. A lot of matchroom fights have been postponed and cancelled. I don't know what's happening. Like Connor Ben's got COVID now. So right. Ben versus Granados has been postponed. I was actually kind of looking forward to that fight. I don't know what it is about Conor Ben, but like he just excites me. And it's not particularly about his fighting. I just like his character, his personality. He knows how to promote himself. I like his story. You know, usually a lot of boxes coming up is I went through hard times, you know, yeah. my, my family was poor. I'm fighting for my family. I'm fighting to feed my kids. But he's, oh, he's saying, I have everything. And so I have everything to prove. Everyone thinks that I'm rich and this and that. But, you know, I just like that it's a different angle. So I'm very, not super invested, but I'm, I'm invested in his journey. But yeah, um, fight postponed. I don't know what's going on in the match room, but um, I've been enjoying the kind of fight camp build up. I've been enjoying the people that they put on, like shout out to Boxing with Ivy as well. I'm enjoying what he's doing with the zone. Feel big shout out to him. But um, yeah, I was really looking forward to that fight. But um, Sam, let me start with you. Obviously the fight's been postponed now, but if it were to go ahead... How do you see that fight going down? Conor Ben stops him. I feel like this is another great marketing fight for Conor Ben, where it's a nice fight to build his name up with an opponent that doesn't um, bode too much risk. But he's a formidable opponent. He's been in with big names, such as Adrian Bronar, which he lost. He's been in with um, Robert Easter, which he lost. Also was iced by Danny Garcia and were also lost to Porter. So these are solid names at the end of the day. And I don't know, once he would, if they had fought, they would have said, yeah, I'm beating opponents that those names are beaten as well. So he's saying that kind of gives him a shot to say, I'm in the mix of those names. Do, do I really think he's in the mix of those names? Not necessarily, but it's a nice building name and nice name to get near belt. So yeah, I feel like Ben would have got to him relatively, um, he would have done relatively decent, relatively decent and probably would have stopped him towards the seventh to ninth round. And it would have been picked up and so forth. It would have been a nice kickoff for the, the, the whole design UK boxing stable, so forth, so forth, and a nice intro for the fight camp. So at this current point in time, I know Eddie has a good spin doctor and he can go out and um, he can go out to the like IFLs and YouTube and whatever and put out his media posts about how it's fine and the show goes on and so forth. But I'm sure in the back of his mind, he's screaming. <laughs> it's so crazy that at this point of Conor Ben's career, you know, the consensus is that he's going to stop his opponent. But like, I said like three fights ago, no one was really checking for this guy. Like, no one really believed in his, in his abilities like that. So it's just... I still don't. I still don't. It's just crazy. <laughs> you still don't. <laughs> no, I don't. I'm just saying that. That's why I said the first thing I said, it's a good marketing fight. It's yeah. a good marketing name. If you start throwing in a mix of the real killers of the division, yeah, he's finished. Yeah, yeah, the story, the narrative changes very quickly. But <laughs> what you're doing is you're building him up the right way because you're throwing in fires that other formidable names have beaten, and mm-hmm. by doing so, you start saying, "Yeah, Sean, Put- how this?" You start comparing how Sean Porter did with him, how Robert Easter done with him, how yeah, H- and then they've already started doing that because when he fought, what's his name, the guy that took Porter to points or something, oh. or I can't remember. Um, that was yes. a really hard fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like two um, fights ago, and I'm yeah, probably yeah. bending better or something. So yeah. they, they, they're starting to already. 
So one more question for you, Sam. In comparison to Vargas, you say this is a step up or a step down for Kudabend? I'd say it's the same level. To be Similar honest. level. They're both, yeah. they're both Gazna. Let's be honest, they're Gazna way out. Like, they're not... Yeah. He's lost... Um, no, payday, payday. Granada's yeah. <laughs> last fight was a, was a draw. And before that, maybe not long before that, he got iced by Garcia. So are we going to say that he's, gonna, he's, gonna, he's actually a live body? No, not necessarily, but we know he's formidable and we know that he's not going to roll over. But in the same breath, we expect Kudabend to get through that. Yeah. Neil, let me go to you then. Give me a review of this fight, like, if it were to happen. We don't know if it's going to happen now. COVID is crazy right now. But um, how do you assess this fight? I'd say Ben wins. I don't know about... I think he drops him early on, but I think it goes to a decision. I, think, I, I just think uh, Granados will probably uh, tough it out. Decisions. And, and again like sam said it's just to build up ben's name you know because it's the new launch of their zone and uh, matchroom um partnership it's clear that their angle is like youth and wider population that's why they've got low prices for streaming that's why they've got like you know social media um influencers being the presenters and stuff they're trying to get more people involved with the sport and with the streaming service so what better way to kick it off than you know with connor ben someone who's touted a big prospect to knock out some guy, you know. So like that's why they they would <laughs> that's why <laughs> that's why they um they started off with Ben Granados, get him to kick it off and also bring some fans with him as well. So built so when they go back to stadiums and having sold out fights, you can build uh, Ben as this sort of pay-per-view star in the sense because he's got these highlight reel knockouts of these big names. But like Adil sort of saying at 750 pounds for these type of fights, I'm not sold on that like i thought when fight camp came out first the whole three weeks would be you know 750 but apparently it's per show so whoever pays for it you enjoy in it but i don't think think it's for me so well isn't it it any hands guarding right yeah Yeah. lewis was sneaking there (laughs) when when um when i when this came up here we were discussing it going back and forth yeah and I'm so happy that Adil wrote this because people were making me feel like I was being bad man or out of order and trying to insinuate the 750 is worth it because of the experience. Whoa, who said that? You, you ain't been in the chat today, have you? Nah, I yeah. haven't. It was active. The chat, honestly, the, the, we've got a boxing group chat and in that group chat, people were saying, yeah, it's an experience. Um, to say my man's gone to watch these dead fights. Not nah, in the main event anymore. I, I didn't give it, I didn't even disrespect it as far as saying it's white collar fights. I said it's just a a low level color but no one's in your call but yeah well color fights far off as far as i'm concerned and people talk about the belts here and the regular belt and the super champion and so forth wba in fact didn't half the people slander tank for this just the other day but now eddie is now pushing this as a title wba belt fight that's crazy that's that's the main event now isn't it and when i say fandom is real yeah, because it's one rule for one team and different for another. People, people arguing and say otherwise, but it's very apparent now because why is no one calling this out? I guess there's there no names really. It's it's, it's only enough attention yeah. because of the favoritism of Lincoln Soul to Eddie. But it is what it is, isn't it? I thought I think fight comes a good idea, especially with the whole youth idea. Like if you try to sell it not just as a fight, but sort of like a festival type thing you you know young people can get more behind it i understand like oh if you if you put like music concerts or something in the background as well then i get i agree to that yeah 
then I'd get like paying a lot of money for doing it because like, it'll be like festivals and that that way youth um youth young people will get behind it because people would want to watch the uh, concerts and then let's go watch a fight and it'll be in someone's garden so it feels like a festival but um this so is just like a fight and that's it so people aren't going to pay 750 pounds just for one fight. Well, people are not most people in general that's what i'm saying and I feel like the fights aren't genuinely intriguing. Like last fight camp, at least we had like wine for that game. That's we like, had, before, we had that was a sick fight. Yeah. yeah. Like, I was These proper looking forward to that fights. fight. These are more fights if you proper watch boxing. These are the five fights you want to see. But mm. in terms of yeah, like wider population, no. No one's no one really knows that much about that. Purest boxing you necessarily care for the fights. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah, because you have know. to look at this way. A lot of these guys are very early in their career. Very early, yeah. Like, yeah. And they haven't built up their, their their name in any way, shape, or sense the way um on the word. So I don't necessarily see what the angle is. I know you're saying about the youth points, but I don't see youth shelling out seven fifty seven fifty pounds. Yeah, no, that's 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 the point, yeah. Yeah, and there's only twenty two hundred seats being allocated, so well, yes, yeah, sticking with the welterweights, a fight that I would absolutely I'll stay up for this fight. I would love to see it. it's Sean Paul versus Ter- um, versus uh, Crawford, so I would love to see that. Man, I would absolutely so love. listen. So it's been ordered. Um, I guess that means it's that means it's official, right? If it's been ordered. No. So not, what what happens is that they've been ordered, so they've now been forced to go and sit and negotiate. Negotiate. If they can't make it happen, then it goes to purse bids, and the split's been decided. Typically, purse bids will be like eighty percent to the A side and 20% to the B side. However, because of the, I don't know, because of Crawford's status in the market mm-hmm. and Porter's status, purse bids have been split at 60-40, which is slightly unheard of. But That's crazy. Because, because Crawford's not a big draw, truth be told. Yeah. But, um, so if, so is Porter a mandatory for Crawford then? Yeah, that's why. So that's why. Okay, cool. And yeah, Paul is he's just one of my favorite welterweights to watch. I just feel like, regardless of who it is, you're going through hell. Even if you win, like you're going through a long night. And I really want to see how Crawford manages to solve Porter versus how Errol Spence, you know, solved him. I feel like Errol starts a very, very close fight with Spence, and the deciding factor of that fight was literally the, the knockdown. But um. Sam, Sam, let me start with you. Crawford versus Paul. How did you see that fight play now? So, for me, first of all, I think I've got to highlight the fact that this is, as as, as far as I'm concerned, probably the, the biggest test in Crawford's career. Like, in terms of um, names on records, across the weights, don't get me wrong, he's, he's, he's a very, very skilled fighter. This is the first time we're going to really see the level of dog in Crawford's. We're going to see... His real metal. We're gonna see what he really, what he's really made of. Because one thing we do know about, about Porter is that nobody fights Porter and gets an easy night. It's not happening. Mm-hmm. If you are not in your A game, Porter's gonna win. Mm-hmm. Simple as that. Dig his head in your chest, on. Let's put it The last three potential fights, four maybe, have all been split decisions. Porter only mm-hmm. loses by fine margins. Mm-hmm. So if Crawford isn't the guy that we think he's going to be, that he's meant to be at the welterweight division, because prior to world division, we can say if there's no argument, Crawford has done his absolute thing. He's dominated and cleaned up the division. But at the welterweight division, in the last 
three to four years, I think it's been the wait. We haven't really, we can't really say that, yeah, he's landed. He's arrived at this weight. Do you know what I'm saying? And this is the first fight we're going to say, yeah, Crawford is here and belongs here. Or, where Crawford just saying the guy was meant to be. So to answer your question, how do I think the fight goes? I think Crawford wins in a, a very rough fight. Close fight. Yeah, rough close fight. I, I won't be surprised if it goes to another split decision at all. Uh, but I, I, I expect to see Crawford get through it just because Crawford has so many different looks and can present so many different obstacles to negate the style of Porter, which we have to say over the years has gone from a come forward and rough him up fighter to slightly more of a sophisticated rough him up fighter. Yeah. Do you see a possibility of any knockdowns or a knockout? Or... Yeah, in terms of that, I would not be surprised in any shape of the way if Crawford was to go down and also wouldn't be surprised if Porter went down. The reason why I'm saying that is because we've seen... Crawford's gone down in his career. People are, people are forgetting that Crawford has actually gone down to little guys like Gamboa um, and that put him on the skates and so forth. Do you know what I'm saying? that? Yeah. So if they can do that and wobble him, and he's been wobbled many a time, would not be surprised if Crawford, who likes to switch, who likes to switch stances quite a bit, gets caught in between switching stances and so forth. Would not be surprised at all. That's probably a bit more controversial as well. No, I'm not. I, I, I'm. I'm with you. I wouldn't be surprised if Crawford goes down, but still tough set out and wins. Um, but Neem, how do you see that fight going? Let me go to you now. I think same what Stamp said. Just it will be tough. It will be rough, and it's going to be Crawford's toughest fight. You know that he his his well his world weight career has been underwhelming. He got the belt, but then since then the guys he's fought hasn't been who he should have fought. Like that's why I understand why a lot of people now sort of get on more on Errol Spence's side more than Crawford because he's Spence, he's fighting Danny Garcia, Sean Paul, he's fighting the big guys at welterweight now. So and he's fighting Pacquiao as well. So like he need Crawford needs this fight for sort of not just fans to swing in his favour, but also to get that recognition in the welterweight division. But um yeah, yeah I feel like in comparison to Crawford, Spencer's career is trending upwards. Yeah, yeah. He's he's the star of that division at the moment. Yeah. And but the thing is, with Crawford, and he can, he very well can. If he looks good against Porter, you'll see that sort of swing back to his favor, like uh, his um, in his way. Yeah. He can. They'll say Spence. They'll say Spence struggled. Yeah, and they'll yeah. use that. But I, again, the thing is, they've said this fight is dead, Crawford and um, Spence. So that's why, while the fight Crawford and Porter is exciting, I know it's not going to lead to much if Spence and Crawford is still a, a fight that's completely dead. And funny enough. Spencer's come out recently saying once he's done with Pacquiao he, he's advising our Hamer to get that fight made straight away with Crawford if Crawford comes to his fight if that and then if he doesn't get through then he's going straight to 154 but that's the, effectively he wants Crawford next otherwise he's done with the division I think he moves yeah, up if he doesn't get Crawford next he's pretty much cleaned up who wants yeah. to fight yeah some people are actually saying this is the undisputed fight and just ignoring Crawford now at this point because they don't believe Crawford's doing anything. And the scary bit for me is that I don't actually see the fight happening still. I, I wouldn't be surprised if the fight doesn't happen because from the comments Bob Aaron made, Bob Aaron effectively kind of pushed the boat into PBC to get the fight across the line. When mm -hmm. when you hear them kind of situations, even though it's been ordered, it kind of would have it kind of falls apart, if you know what I'm saying. It doesn't sound like they're really keen to make the fight. 
I guess, well, you said in, in this situation, Paul has a lot of pulling power, right? Because of how big he is compared to, to Crawford. So do you, does anyone know what network is going to be showing on? If it's Depends on who wins Fox the first or, Oh, so the person haven't, haven't, haven't been finished yet. No. They haven't done it yet. Okay, cool. All right. I have, a, I, have a, I have a very sneaky feeling that it's going to be done on PBC. Yeah, from what Bob Barron was suggesting, he sounds like he's basically saying you lot put the money, put you lot put one, put the money up if you want the fight. Because he doesn't really sound too interested. Because Bob Barron said he's he's done with losing money on Crawford, isn't it? That's yeah. that's the comments, isn't it? Yeah, same man's promoted, you know, crazy. But um, yeah, another fight uh, that is don't know if it's been ordered, but I know someone said it's been uh, Michael Benson that's been penciled in is Herring versus Stevenson. Which is a great fight. Um, those that listen to us will know that a lot of us uh, on ringside are very, very keen on, on Stevenson and think he's a future part of part star. Mm-hmm. Um, Naeem, I'll start with you first. I see you smiling already because that's your guy. Um, Harry versus Stevenson, I know you've been waiting for this to be ordered for a while now. How do you feel about um, this fight and what's your, what's your take on, on, on how it's going to go? I mean, I've been following Stevenson since after the Olympics, so the real one. I mean, you just watch him, you know he's brilliant. Like he's one of the he's sophisticated he, he fights like an old boxer in the sense that he's got the wisdom of an old boxer he'll fight on the inside he'll fight range he knows how to do all of that and he doesn't get carried away but uh, yeah this this fight everyone's needed it because this is the fight that for stevenson is his coming out fight it's the fight that he's he already is a world title holder in um the 126 division but jamar herring's a big name especially in those divisions between you know 130 and 135 and, and herring's got a belt as well yeah, was yeah. he W W O champion? W O, yeah. He yeah. just beat Frampton, didn't he? You know, yeah, he just so, so yeah. So if he beats Frampton, uh, if he beats Herring, is like this. He puts all those divisions on notice. Like I'm here now. Like I'm proper serious because I just took out one of the big guys here. So I think, and then it does set up his plans because he wants to do um unification with Valdez and um uh, the IBF as well. So. I, I I think he wins the fight. I think he will be. I think it'll be a tough fight against Herring. I think Herring will stick it on him, but I think Shukul Stevenson will come up with the dub, and then I'll be so gassed. <laughs> I do want to see him fight about this Shukul Stevenson yeah. because this Canelo Cup they've been eating too much, man. And the really knows when they're not. They've been eating too much. Someone needs to get home with a little bit, just to shake the camp up a bit. When Ruiz got dropped by my man, I was a bit excited. I was like, shake it off a bit, man. This camp is too. They're too active. They're all gassed, but um, so let me go to you as well. How do you feel about Stevenson versus Herring? Yeah, just like Nunes said, I've called that Stevenson as a standout guy from a long time ago. I've probably mentioned this a hundred times now. There's a clip on YouTube if you guys went from when he's like 15 years old or something like that, fighting Haney. Oh, it's absolute high level stuff at such a young age. If that's what he's doing then and watched him develop since, obviously, from when he went to Olympics and so forth. It's just a guy, man. It's just a proper guy. I've seen him live as well. I watched him on the um, Loma cards. It's quality, quality stuff, man. Like, that's another guy that, in fact, that's a guy that I've invested stocks in as far as I'm concerned. Like, he's, he's, I'm expecting him to be a multi-weight champion by the time he's done. So, Herring, who just came off a win on Frampton, yeah, it was a good win. Frampton was a Frampton of yesterday, if you want to be honest with us. Yeah. But, he is a good solid fighter and that's a really good name to first because the point is built. Uh, I can see it's fired off this as well. I've seen I've seen tweeting about um everyone talking about 
Shakur's last fight and said, make me the underdog since I'm since since you guys keep talking referring to my last fight and Heron keeps trying to take 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 some sort of um, comfort from his last fight. So yeah, man, all more than happy for it. I think that they're penciling in for November. Get that made, get that confirmed. It's a good fight to look forward to. Great he's someone that needs better promotion. Like for the level that he's at, he's it's amazing. It's, he, there should be more behind him. But he gets brought up Bob Aram, right? Yeah, there's a com- there's a common theme that with Bob Aram. I'm and telling you, fighters. certain I'm fighters telling you. get elevated. With Bob Aram, and certain it's even the same thing with Tiafimo. I mean, if Tiafimo was with Eddie, you'd never hear the end of it. The guys on even 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 Al Heyman would make more sense than Bob Aram, in yeah. my opinion. Like, like people going about like Devin, Devin no, not really much about Devin he's like Ryan Garcia who hasn't even got a belt yet but you've got you know you've got someone who's same age and he's already got four belts you know like he's undisputed so, but that's the thing about boxing is we don't get the best guys don't get promoted the best all the time yeah but how you're how you are promoted and what your character's like it's about, it's about how they can market you and how much yeah. they invest in you if they don't then you're also awesome. but there's loads of boxers that have done big things in fact Crawford, another yeah. prime example. He should be an all-American hero. Let's be honest. Andre Ward, same thing. All these guys, effectively, if you if you look at the landscape of how they treat certain fighters, like a De La Hoya, for example, yeah. they should be way bigger than him. Isn't isn't Ward the last um, Olympic gold medalist for USA in boxing? Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Exactly. But okay. but his whole career went underneath the radar. Yeah. I mean, even Frotch, he smoked Frotch, but even Frotch had a bigger sort of numbers than him. So yeah, eighty pounds at Wembley. <laughs> <laughs> Frotch is funny, man. That kills me. But um, yeah, I want to wrap up today with um, an announcement that was made. Made, I think, was it a week ago uh, or two weeks ago? Um, finally, it's official. AJ versus Usyk and September the twenty fifth. Can we just first start off by just? I know I'm a matchroom bunny. I know I'm an AJ guy, but this guy fights everyone, man. He fights everyone. No warm-ups, no nothing. You give him the fight, man, he just ticks them off. And it's official. AJ B. Usyk done like that. Um, Neem, let me go to you first. There's a lot of conversation about, you know, how Usyk can be a potential banana skin because of, you know, his uh, technique, his skill, his dimensions. You know, he's, he has really good feet. He's light on his feet. He might, he might cause AJ some really, really big problems. In fact, he might win. How how do you see that fight playing out? And what do you think about the fight being made in the first place? Usyk's a good fighter. I mean, he's a brilliant fighter. He's one of the best cruiserweights of, I, I, I'd say, of all time. Um, but the physical dimensions in this fight is quite different than cruiserweight. Like, it, is he bulking up? He looks like he's kind of bulking up. So if he bulks up to a certain weight, like a heavier weight, just so he can, because against Chisora, he was getting pushed around a lot. You know, he wasn't really tight. He wasn't getting Chisora down. And even the shots, he wasn't even, he was struggling to knock out Chisora at times. There were times Chisora was wobbled, but he couldn't finish him. So I think in that camp, they were saying probably bulk up, get more power. But if you get more power, you lose the speed and, you know, the speed advantage and agility advantage that you have on most of these heavyweights. So he's, he's in a position where, do I want speed or do I want power? And I just don't think it matches up well for him in the sense because if he comes in close, AJ can just hold him, push him around, th- uh, go on the inside, just throw big combinations, fast combinations, and it's it's going to be difficult for him. For him, but we'll see. You know, it's, it's, it's a good fighter. You know, you can't 
he's 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 been undisputed for a reason and um he hasn't lost yet so you know he could provide a big upset here there's no doubt that he could but aj should get through this this isn't a guy that's too big this isn't a guy that's got knockout power so is uh, and this isn't a guy that um he shouldn't be able to outbox you for 12 rounds especially but um we'll see in it because at the end of the day it's for me, the question marks more on Usyk than on AJ. How will Usyk come into this fight? Is he going to look to knock out AJ? Or is he going to look to uh, box his way to 12 rounds? But it's a brilliant fight. It's AJ's third Olympic gold medalist um, in his resume. It's a guy that um, he you can still say he's highly ranked in the um, heavyweight division because he's beaten Chisora. So you can say he's like around top 10. And... Again, who else is he going to fight? He's got that's his mandatory, and a certain someone didn't want to fight him in with the contracts that they had to do. So you just got to fight who you can now. And um, if he wins, it's going to be a big win because that Tottenham new stadium is going to be it's going to be packed out, sold out. Um, uh, I think it'll probably do numbers like maybe Povetkin did, and it's going to be a good. It's going to be a good uh, weekend. That's going to be a good weekend. Yeah. Sounds next. Yeah, man. So. Um, uh, you know, I was listening to something today from Bellu. Bellu was talking about how like, U6's arsenal, the amount of things in his locker, there's not a punch he can't throw. He does everything right. He's got great feet. He's got hand speed and so forth. And and I totally agree with him. I just, I completely agree that as a fighter, as a technical boxer, he's light years away from a lot of boxers. Light years. Absolutely. However, size matters, and you dimensions against AJ match up all wrong. Like I don't really, I, I just can't see him not getting landed by AJ at some point in that fight. And I, I look at this fight in two two halves. There's gonna be a half where AJ, because he has this kind of, I don't know, quite ego, but he wants to. He wants to he wants to prove that he's a better boxer against parker if anyone remembers everyone was talking about yeah aj is too strong and too powerful and so forth so aj was literally saying in the rhetorics in the build up to the fight he's gonna show when he can box so he wanted and he wanted to go to a round because people talk about his stamina issue yeah so true so i feel like the map the amount of times he's gonna he's he's probably heard oh yeah you can't outbox Usyk. Is going to make him attempt to box um Usyk, mm -hmm. like the same way against Povetkin for the first couple of rounds. He was trying to box. He was trying to outbox him, but he was getting he was losing on he was he was losing the boxing yeah. match. However, AJ has a fantastic equalizer in the sense that he can hurt you and he can stop you. And once he and one thing about AJ as well, if he gets you hurt, you are getting finished. That guy is a fantastic finisher. He's very accurate when he when he gets you like going. So. Do I think it, so? I feel like at some point, once he kind of says to himself, "Okay, this isn't working," and he has to switch it up, he gets him out of there. I think he literally runs him over. Usyk's just too small. I feel like I've watched Usyk against the guy, the likes of Dirk Chisora. You can see your power hasn't hasn't transferred. I really, truly, he's never been a big puncher. He's more cumulative, accurate, and that's what kind of overwhelms his opponents. Mm. Don't necessarily don't necessarily see him doing that to AJ. In saying that, he is very accurate. But a lot of his kind of arm punches and so forth, I feel like all those arm punches that you're throwing, which is kind of more Olympic style and so and so forth, gets very 
gets negated by a big right hand very quickly. Yeah. So I feel like AJ stops him in the later rounds of the fight, in the later rounds of the fight. However, just to kind of caveat that, if AJ continues with the, trying to do the outboxing, trying to outbox him, then it gets then it gets a bit techy because I don't see over twelve rounds of a boxing match, AJ outboxing, or it gets very technical where where we're looking at majority decisions or split decisions even, and so forth. So that's my two heads of the coins, in my opinion. Fair enough. Yeah, I I, I, I see this, this fight playing different ways. You know, um, you gave two good examples of where AJ was successful in his ego and unsuccessful as well. And it just really depends, like you said, how he approaches this fight. Um, I think you say poses a lot of potential problems just because it depends, like me, how he comes. If he comes in very light and he's very light on his feet, we, we saw AJ struggle with that versus the vacuum. Like somebody that was like coming in and out, moving around the ring, etc., etc. Like there was a, there was one point like before AJ even threw a punch to Vekin, Vekin was almost behind him. That's how much he was moving around AJ. Uh, so it really does it, it it depends for me. But what I will say is I'm not super duper convinced that if they do try and box, it automatically means that AJ loses. I think I feel like Yusuf's going to be very very timid, only because he recognizes one of them has a lot of power. I don't know. That's just how I see. It. I just, I just see that because yeah, I remember Usyk's faced every single star. He's fought everyone. He yeah, no, that's fine. I, I completely agree with that. I, I yeah, definitely agree. And Usyk should not be you. But, I, but he, I don't think Usyk has faced one of the type of power that AJ has, in my opinion. Yeah, I think he's faced big punches like Cruiserweight, but facing a big punch right here is completely different. So, and the stakes are high, right? Like that's four belts. In the, that's three belts on the line. Um, it's the biggest like stage like he's probably been on in terms of the magnitude of the fight, I just think the opening rounds is going to be a lot of trying to figure things out, in my opinion. But we'll see how it goes. Um, I, but I agree with you in terms of when AJ just wants to switch it on and just says, all right, I need to get this guy out of here. He probably does get him out of there. Only because of the size thing. I don't think AJ's a better boxer or anything like that. I just think he's just stronger and he's got more power. And in that division, it's that carries, that carries, it negates a lot, right? Like, We've seen time and time again the guy with more skill get knocked out by the guy with more power. Deontay Wilder, you know what I mean? So, but yeah, we'll see how it goes. I think it's a brilliant fight. I think it can go so many ways. And it's two guys that are, are very accomplished. Um, the, the, the narrative is there, right? I think they both competed at the same year of the Olympics. So, just different weight classes. 2012, yeah. 2012 right? They both competed. Yeah. So, so, the narrative is there. The narrative is there for AJ, the narrative is there for Usyk. So yeah, it's, 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 I'm looking forward to this fight more than the other heavyweight clash going on in October, I believe. So can I, yeah, can I add as well? Yeah, but if we if we go back uh, a couple months now, I was saying I feel like obviously the world is few situations is collapsing. Yeah, but I was saying I do generally believe that on paper, Usyk is probably the best fighter outside of Klitschko. That's ages four, and he's so decorated. It's a really mm-hmm. good name on paper to, to collect. Like yeah. marketing and boxing go hand in hand. That helps build the fight for the undisputed that much further for a show than what I would have liked would have, would have been in December. November. Especially if AJ performs, I guess, right? Exactly. If you go in there and beat someone of U6 that's status, yeah. it really does like it adds to your to it adds like hairs to your chin. Do you know what I mean, like you're saying, yeah. 
I'm out here beating all challengers. You put an Olympic gold, undisputed cruiser, cruiserweight champion in front of me, and I destroyed him, mate. No one. Can we talk like on the bend. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone has to stand up and like. I'm in the gym every day, first day, last day. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? You got, you got to listen to him, man. You got, you got to put respect on his name. And even yeah. as much as I've criticized and so forth, I was saying back then. You did say that. Opponents yeah. is full since Klitschko. There's not been one marquee name that says, "Yeah, okay, cool, I see." You. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah I, I agree. I agree. It's that box. So going to the undisputed, it it just adds that bit more flavor to it. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, like all credit to AJ and taking on a fight. Um, at one point, it did look like they were trying to put their feelings out if they could swerve it. Not necessarily AJ, but it looked like AJ and Eddie was kind of setting up a bit. And they've got it over their land, so so rolled on September. I want to try and get to that fight as well. I want to, I want to try and get to see it. Um, I know you people call me AJ haters and so forth, but I keep saying that. <laughs> no, you're not AJ hater. Like you're not seeing what the boys are fight and watch the fight. It's a quality fight. Yeah, it's a good fight. I will try. I'm going to try and catch it as well. Um, the thing I'll say, don't count Usyk. He's, he's a very good tactician. He knows how to adjust. Even in mid fight, he'll make like big adjustments that win him rounds and the win him the fight. Right. So this I've is never seen Usyk get tired as well. That's another scary thing. Yeah. I've never seen this him retired. This is one of more AJ's tougher fights. If he's not, if he underestimates him, he will lose. Facts. Hopefully, we get a good fight and a good weekend. So, yeah. yeah, man, I'm sure that regardless, win or lose, it will be an entertaining, like solid, entertaining fight that we'll that we'll probably watch we're, over. We're gonna buy after 100. percent But yeah, um, I think that's a good portion for this to, 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 to the weeks we've missed and, and this week as well. Um, I think we've covered everything we need to cover and we'll probably bring some we'll keep an eye on the, the, the boxing news, the training boxing news. Make sure you guys follow us on Twitter because we are tweeting more and we are, you know, commenting with you guys more. So follow us at Ringside Fracas on Twitter and um, make sure you give us reviews on all streaming services, so Spotify and iTunes, five stars only, please. And yeah, um, we'll catch everyone on the flip side next week. Sweet. See you. Thanks, guys. Coming for you. Is it frustrating to train like you did and then have no, this I, in seven I didn't or eight train seconds? For this fight. I only trained probably two weeks or three weeks for this fight. I had to bury my best friend and I dedicated this fight. I wasn't going to fight. I dedicated this fight to him. I was going to rip his heart out. I'm the best ever. I'm the most brutal in Michigan, most ruthless champion there's ever been. There's no one can stop me. Lynch is a conqueror. No, I'm Alexander. He's no Alexander. I'm the best ever. There's never been anybody ruthless. I'm Sonny Lipton. I'm Jack Dempsey. There's no one like me. I'm from their floor. There's no one that can match me. My style is impetuous. My defense is impregnable. And I'm just ferocious. I want your heart. I want to eat his children. Praise be to Allah. Saying now, Mike, the bike. Sports Social Podcast Network.